What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Rum Buncher Radio. We got the full crew back this week. Nick Caparoso, Marty Leap, Trey Yannity joining you. Guys, this is a really nice episode we have here tonight. This is episode number 69 of the podcast. And if uh, you guys are thinking about all that, well, you probably want to keep it cleaned up downstairs. And thankfully, our broadcast partner, Manscaped, has you covered in that department. Guys, if you don't know about Manscaped, well, you need to find out. And their 4.0 package that has just taken off, not only in the United States, but in Canada, the United Kingdom, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Guys, this thing's worldwide. And inside the package, you're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. You find a weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold it all together. Guys, this 4.0 trimmer is legit. 7,000 RPM motor technology. It's got skin-safe technology on there as well. It is waterproof, guys. You can engage the travel lock to keep it safe with the on and off switch. It has a 4,000 LED light system on This thing is the renaissance man of razors, guys. And it's not just the razor in this package. There's a weed whacker as well. That has 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade systems on it as well. Of course, the proprietary skin-safe technology. That's going to help you prevent nicks, snags, tugs in those delicate areas. Don't forget, guys, all you have to do is go to manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20 to get 20% off and free shipping. Again, guys, that's manscaped.com. Use the code FANSIDED20 for 20% off and free shipping. Guys, a very fun day if you're a Pirates fan. It's Ronzi Day. Ronzi Contreras making his Major League debut. After we got to see Miguel Yajare this season, we didn't know if we would get to see another one of these young pitchers get up to the bigs and uh, perform this season, but Ronzi Contreras called on September the 29th, 2021. I think this is about the timeline uh, that, you know, we would 
be excited about to see, but maybe a little ahead of schedule here, but a, a brilliant start, three innings, no runs allowed. He had four strikeouts, just one walk. Your guys' initial thoughts, getting to see Ronzi Contreras make his major league debut, and how are you guys doing? It's been a little bit since we've all gotten to be here. Yeah, well, first off, that was a tremendous transition by you from episode 69 right into the Manscaped. Ah, thank you, thank you. I got to give you big props on that one. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, also congratulations to uh, Nick and his wife, Lauren, for being first-time homeowners as well. I'll let that uh, – it's all set and done for them. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty tied up with that, so it's good to be able to get back on with you guys. But, yeah, no, with, with Ronzi, man, he looked good tonight. He looked real good. Um, he only won three innings. I didn't like it. I understood why, though. And we'll get into all of that. But, man, for being 21 years old, he didn't look 21. He looked poised. He looked confident. He looked composed in the mound. That stuff plays. Um, yeah, it's just you couldn't have asked for more out of him in this debut, I don't think. Yeah, Marty. I mean, you know, the big thing you showed me was, like you said, the poise. He wasn't overthrowing. He was around the zone. He was – um you know, missing close when he wanted to. So overall, very impressive start. Like you said, three innings, um, you know, with it, this being the last week, more or less, they're just trying to eat some innings and get get by. So the fact that they were willing to call up Ronzi Contreras and, you know, give fans at least a little something to look forward to maybe next year, uh, you know, that definitely uh, – prove that today and that you know Contreras is a big first piece in in this puzzle um maybe not first piece per se but you know a big piece of this puzzle uh in the early stages yeah no doubt about it and you know you say first early very early piece in this puzzle because we really haven't gotten the chance to see a lot of these guys yet and Ronzi Contreras getting a lot of people excited today but like you said Marty three innings you know hurts a little bit you might be maybe wanted to see him go for a little bit longer tonight but you know, what, what's, what's the overall reasoning behind this? Like you said, Nick, maybe just eating innings here for, for Ronzi, but but why only three innings? Maybe, um, you know, we could have seen him gone longer tonight? Yeah, I mean, definitely. But, you know, I think it's you, – you look back earlier this year and he was placed on the injury list with, uh, you know, forearm issues. So, you know, they're they're being careful with him. Um, they probably looked at it as three, like you said, three solid innings, you know, why, why push him beyond that? Um, you know, it's his last appearance of the year, cup of coffee, checked all the boxes. So get it, you know, pull him. And, uh, like I said, we'll see him next year. Yeah. I think looking to get him out of there after those three scoreless striking out four, only a lot of three base runners, you know, you want to have him end on a confident note also, knowing this is going to be his only major league outing of the year. Like you said, Nick, his last outing of the year, period. You want to have him end on a high note, have him end with confidence. Excuse me, they were able to do that tonight. Um, like I said, his stuff looked awesome. It's going to play to major league level in a big way. And, yeah, it's going to be really exciting next year. You know, something I wrote about, today was how with Rowanzi coming up, this is kind of the first of these big days as you see these guys start to graduate from this minor league system that we've heard so much about. You know, yes, there's Key Brian Hayes last year was a little bit different because there wasn't fans in the stands and everything. 
with Contreras today, you know, you're really starting to get to see the fruits of the labors of Ben Charrington pay off. And it's going to be a lot of fun next year to watch him spend most likely a majority of the season in that pirate rotation, looking to anchor it down and looking to solidify himself as a building block in the pirate rotation for the next five, six, seven years and beyond. Yeah. It was, you know, it was a really thrilling three innings and I think it is a preview for what's to come, you know, and it kind of begs the question, why haven't we seen more of this? You know, why, why was O'Neill Cruz never given a chance at the big league level? season you know who else do you guys think uh, you know maybe the Pirates should have called up like this year and why was Ronzi the next in line to get you know get his chance in the bigs I think it has a lot to do with just like you know what what we saw from him on the mound tonight which was his maturity his poise you know that I think they kind of view each prospect you know Ben Charrington's talked about this every prospect's different and they kind of treat each prospect differently depending on their circumstances and situations so i think just them looking at you know ronzi and him having that upper 90s fastball with plus secondary stuff um they knew you know his the way he handles himself on the mound that there was a good chance he could get up here and you know be effective right away it's not as easy maybe for hitters you know hitters younger hitters i think can be a little more exposed um, where younger pitchers, especially if you're only going to throw them in, you know, three innings, so one time through the lineup, essentially, um, you know, it's a little easier to not get it, them exposed as much. Yeah, I really do think it's about the stuff. Uh, you know, the stuff we saw tonight, and it is the Cubs. This is a lineup that is, is very uh, depleted at this point in the season. But, you know, I, I think the stuff really plays and is going to play in the future going to be so fun to watch as they continue to, to call up more guys and you know we get into next season and really got to get to see these trades play out and come to fruition want to talk about a couple of other minor leaguers as we start with the youth here in tonight's episode nick gonzalez and matt frazier two guys named to the all minor league second team it's a couple of guys that truly deserve these honors probably deserve first team honors as well but um you know a couple of guys that both hit over 300 the entire season frazier uh, in two stops as it ended up, Gonzalez uh, as well. You know, your guys' thoughts here on these two and, and how quickly they can move up through this organization. Obviously, Nick Gonzalez being uh, last year's first-round pick, we expect to see potentially, you know, by the end of next season. Am I crazy for thinking that? No, I don't think you are at all. Um, Gonzalez missed some time this year with a wrist injury. Had it not been for that, I think there's a real possibility he would have gotten the double-A this year. Um, the dude was viewed as maybe the best college hitter in the draft in 2020 he's done nothing but hit all season i think it was really good to see gonzalez was the power um i don't think he was ever viewed as a big power guy but man he slugged 565 this year hit 18 home runs had a total of 45 extra base hits as a second baseman he'll take that all day long so i mean i fully expect nick gonzalez to start the year with altoona next year and i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see gonzalez in pittsburgh next season if he continues to do with the curve Anywhere near the way he did this year with Greensboro, he'll get to Indianapolis pretty quickly, um, especially once guys from Indy start to graduate to the majors. And I don't, I, I don't think you can rule out seeing Nick Gonzalez wearing a pirate uniform in maybe August or September of 2022. And if not, definitely very early in the 2023 season. Sam with you, Marty. I think you might see him mid-summer next year. Um, you know, they were very – 
uh, outspoken about why they kept him uh, at high A for the whole season, more or less just explaining that they know he was ready to move up, but they wanted him to continue and play with Paguero and some of those other guys and work towards the championship. So, you know, I think the fact that they kind of admitted that, you know, maybe he will be quickly through double A um, next year. Maybe he won't go to double A at all. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, I, I, like you said, he's a very advanced hitter. That power was a pleasant surprise this year. Now he did sacrifice some, you know, that K rate was a little higher than we would have expected from him, but I'm not too concerned about that. I think he's in it, you know, such a pure hitter that he knows, you know, when it's time to kind of take, take a step back, you know, and hit some uh, contact and versus power and, you know, when to amp it up. So I do think, um, you're right, Marty, and the fact that we could see him by next, you know, year. I, but I'd be shocked if we don't see him by the end of the, the the season. Yeah, I think that's fair. And you know, hopefully they don't rush any of these guys. But I think Nick Gonzalez is one of those guys that you can tell the maturity is there. We're already seeing him dominate the baseball in single A. Greensboro, of course. Uh, getting defeated in their championship series. The Bradenton Marauders have uh, officially won their title, I believe, in three games. I think they swept the championship series down there. Uh, Indy in the playoffs as well. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter at all, guys, but it has to give you a decent bit of confidence to, to, you know, to see these teams have so much success, see these minor leaguers win. You know, you talk about this minor league crop as a whole, there's there's a lot of winning going on right now. Yeah, it's, it's good to see. I mean, I... Winning in the minors isn't the be-all, end-all. It truly isn't. Um, however, it doesn't hurt to it have players to know how to win before they get to the majors. Um, one thing I go back to a lot is that core from 2013 through 2015, a lot of those guys were on an Altoona Curve team that won an Eastern League Championship in 2010. Tony Watson, Jared Hughes, Jeff Locke, Pedro Alvarez, Starling Marte, there were a lot of players who played a key role for the curve, winning an Eastern League championship in 2010, who went on to play a key role for the Pittsburgh Pirates, making the postseason three years in a row. So while it's not super important, it definitely uh, is something that can be beneficial in the long run. You don't want guys to have to learn how to win when they already are in the majors. You want them to have to learn to win while they're in the minors, and that is something the Pirates have done this year. And, you know, I think it should continue next year. Um, a lot of these guys from the high A team are going to move up to Altoona. That double-A team should be really good. Uh, Indianapolis next season, by the end of the year, might not be so good because I think a lot of guys are going to promote to the majors. But at the beginning of the season, could have one of the most talented rosters in the system. And uh, e even looking at, at the high-A next year, yes, Greensboro is going to lose a lot of guys to Altoona, but a lot of guys who just won a championship in Bradenton are going to move back up to Greensboro. So I think you're going to see a lot of it continue next year, and it's good to see largely, like I said, because you want guys to know how to win before they get to the major leagues. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter, but it doesn't hurt. I'm with Nick. Uh, you know, it's really one of those things, I think, just to see the individual players have success, which we've seen so much of this season throughout the minors. Uh, you know, just good to see. And with some interesting roster, I guess, uh, corners, this this front office has been backed into this season with the way that they're going to have to manage some of these guys. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to, to see who they choose. And who they decide to give up on the 40-man roster. 
kind of want to transition this into a, in a discussion. I don't want to say an argument. You know, you may may pick a side on this one way or the other. I think you guys are in agreement here. Uh, but, you know, there, there's spots that may come down to a, a conversation between Kevin Newman and Colt Tucker. And I, I want your guys' take on why, you know, either one of those two guys should stay on the roster or why neither of them should or both. Because, uh, you know, I, I think at this point, both have made the case. And I've gone personally, I've gone back and forth on this really more so on Kevin Newman. But at this point, I'm going to say Kevin Newman, you know, is putting together enough discipline at bats. The defenses look so good. The athleticism, I probably keep around Kevin Newman. But I, I think you guys maybe, um, you know, are in a different boat there. Yeah, I mean, I, I will preface this by saying I fully expect Kevin Newman to be the shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates in opening day next year, um, largely because he you combine the growth he's had this year defensively. He's gone from being a liability at shortstop to being one of the best defensive shortstops in the league this year with the fact that while he's not exactly, you know, hitting the cover off the ball or anything, he's been at least decent offensively since about August 1st or so. And you'll take plus defense with decent offense at shortstop. Um, now, I can't envision a scenario where both Kevin Newman and Cole Tucker are on the opening day roster next year. I don't even think they're both on the 40-man roster whenever this team gets to Bradenton in, in February. But if I were the Pirates, I would probably, if I'm only keeping one of the two, I would prefer to keep Cole Tucker. Um, we know what Tucker is going to give you defensively. First and foremost, with Newman, this season's been the outlier. He has always struggled defensively at shortstop throughout his career, as opposed to Tucker, who's always been a solid defender there. So I'm willing to bet that next year Tucker would be the better defender of the two at shortstop. And also with Tucker, we've seen – I mean, first off, his overall offensive numbers this year are better than Newman's, which is, you know, no knock on anybody here is really saying something because – Cole Tucker's not exactly had a great season, but you know, you have Newman who this season has a 565 OPS to go with the WRC plus of 52. And you have Cole Tucker whose OPS is at least just slightly over 600. So, you know, and I think with Tucker also, um, Alex Stump of DK on uh, Pittsburgh Sports did a great job laying this out on Twitter a few weeks ago. He has made a lot of adjustments to his swing since he's been recalled from the minors. And it seems to really be paying off. Um, Tucker drew a walk tonight in his lone trip to the plate, but prior to tonight, you know, he's, he's looked like a totally and completely different hitter since being recalled from the minors at the end of August in about a hundred plate appearances, he's walking at 11% clip. He's getting on base at a 320 clip. You know, he, he's hitting 242, which isn't great, but for Cole Tucker, with his defense, you'll take that, especially with Jordy Mercer, right? So, yeah, yeah. Don't we don't mention Jordy Mercer around here? But, but uh, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, we no. with that, if he's going to give us that defense, yeah, and he's going to, and I feel like Tucker's going to give you a hell of a lot better defense than Jordy Mercer ever did. Well, but, um, sure. Clint Barmus maybe would have been a better example. But uh, yeah, but Barmus couldn't hit 242 if his life depended on it. Well, you know, when he but, was Houston. Yeah, Colorado before he broke his collarbone. Colorado, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no. If I were the Pirates, I would, if I'm gonna keep one of them around, I would keep Tucker around. I think there's more untapped potential in him than there is in Newman. And Tucker, like I said, has been the better hitter this year, and also I think is more likely to be the better fielder next year than Newman because to Tucker, good defense is nothing new. To Newman, that is something new. 
All of that said, as I said before I started, I do think Kevin Newman will be the starting shortstop next year. That doesn't mean I think Kevin Newman will be the shortstop at the end of the season, but I think to start the 2022 season that we will still see Kevin Newman at shortstop. Yeah, I mean, the only way Kevin Newman's not um, is if he's a part of this 40-man, you know, roster crunch where, you know, potentially he's a part of a a creative trade this offseason, maybe just because he, you know, is a cheap player who's young and can play different positions around the infield and even the outfield where he spent time in the minors. So, you know, but like you said, we can dream up any trade scenario. We can talk any type of scenario at the end of the day. It's more likely than not uh, he'll be back here next year. Um, You know, it's going to be tough to see how they manage the roster if they decide to keep both Tucker and Newman. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Like you said, I I would prefer to to keep Tucker um, just because he has shown some improvement. And you obviously still like that um, that upside, the the frame, the switch hitter. So, also with Tucker, you know, we can't overlook the most important aspect of this: um, the fact that on my wedding night at a bar in Altoona, Nick and I and my buddy John, who shout out to John, I know he's a loyal listener to the podcast, met Cole Tucker, and there's a wonderful picture of the three of us, not exactly in a great state of mind, with Cole Tucker. That just would look beautiful as the main piece in your living room the day Cole Tucker finally turns into all-star shortstop. So yeah, you got to support on hope for that reason. We walked in there and I looked at him and like within a second, I knew it was him. And he so Cole Tucker, he was, he was probably like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Hey, you know what? I feel like it's a memory for, for everybody. And hopefully, you know, you guys are able to, to, to look back on that with positive thoughts as we see Cole Tucker bloom into the player. Nah, we all yeah, know he, he has was awesome. He was, he was, he was great. Um, he, I mean, know, he really does seem like talk one of the with us for a couple minutes and stuff. And, you know, he was with a cup, um, another player who was on the roster. I can't remember um, who it was right now, but uh, you know, and a couple of their buddies and they could have easily have been blown us off and, you know, been like, man, why are these guys bothering us? But, they, they didn't at all, you know, that you could tell they're excited and appreciate that there's people who uh, recognize them and want to talk baseball. So, you know, that, that's why you root for a guy like Cole Tucker. Yeah. And it's always been that way. You know, you saw it from his debut on just the energy. And, you know, I, I think one thing too is his ability to learn. He's always trying to learn. And I think, you know, it was really ever evident when Corey Dickerson was still in town, you saw those two together all the time. Um, you know, it, it would be tough to, to not, give up you want to stay on, on Cole Tucker but move on from Cole Tucker I, I do think there's a higher ceiling there gonna be fun to see and you know you, you think about it guys we're talking about Kevin Newman Cole Tucker like you said Marty I think by the end of the season I mean we're gonna be looking at such a different team a year from right now you know we could be looking at Cruz and Gonzalez both already up in that middle infield Hayes you know whoever on the other end of the corner this team's gonna look a lot different tonight I think was the first one of the first you know maybe you say Yahoo Ray is the first this is maybe the second piece in this whole puzzle so exciting to watch and fun to watch but a guy that is going to have to be a cornerstone of this franchise brian reynolds continuing to show why he can be that and you know putting up mvp numbers this season two more triples tonight 
you know, where, where does it go from here? Can it get any better than this? Is this the Brian Reynolds that you guys think we're going to see moving forward? I mean, if it gets better than this, then like, holy shit, because this is incredible. The season Brian Reynolds is putting together. Um, I, I think, you know, it's going to get really overlooked because the Pirates are such a bad team. But Reynolds really is putting together one of the best seasons in the entire National League. Um, he's got a shot. I, honestly, it probably will happen unless he just goes like over the rest of the way at being a six war player this year, which just that that just doesn't happen a, a whole lot. And, you know, if, if the defensive strides he's made can be permanent to combine with what he did offensively in 2019 and now is doing offensively this season, like I've got no doubts about the bat of Brian Reynolds. But if he's going to continue to hit the way he has pretty much his entire career, because he's proven you can take last year and throw that out the window as a complete fluke season. If he's going to hit like he always has and play the gold glove caliber defense, especially in center field that he has played this year, you know, I'm not going to get into it a bunch right now. We've written about it a bunch on the site. Defensive run save, outs above average, whatever stat you want to take. Reynolds has been very possibly the best defensive center fielder in the National League this season. If you're going to get that to go with a guy who is a borderline elite hitter, who is going to regularly give you a five to six war season, that's one of the best players in baseball, plain and simple. And yes, the McCutcheon trade for a lot of reasons was painful, but the Pirates gave up a guy who was at one point one of the best best players in baseball to get a guy who is now one of the best players in baseball. And it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch what Brian Reynolds can do in the coming years. Oh, yeah. And, you know, say what you want about some of the trades that were made there, but you look back at that trade and, uh, you know, there, there, you just can't hang your hat on it. To get Brian Reynolds for Andrew McCutcheon, such a steal at the time. And, you know, Kyle Crick, too. Hey, we got, got a little bit of love for Kyle Crick here. Uh, but no, overall, you look back at that um, and, and, you know, you feel so positive about the direction of this team and kind of how it transitioned before Ben Sherrington got here. And obviously all the moves he has made has set this franchise up for the future. Uh, but Brian Reynolds, you know, hopefully we see this extension coming. And, you know, maybe this is this is a conversation that we'll know a lot more about here in the next few weeks. But but why haven't we seen the extension yet? You know, we tweet one time a day, at least from our account, extend him. Uh, you know, he, he has all these numbers, the war, everything else. When is this extension going to come? Well, <clears throat> unfortunately for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Brian Reynolds is a Scott Boris agent. Um, Scott Boris guys are very difficult to extend. Reynolds has expressed interest in being in Pittsburgh for a long time. So that could potentially work into the favor of the Pirates when it comes to extension talks. I'm sure there's going to be talks about extensions this offseason. Um, I know the Pirates fielded a lot of offers for Reynolds at the trade deadline. Um, I don't even know if fielding is the right term to use because the Pirates basically just turned it all down immediately. They weren't going to move him unless it was for a massive return. He's still controlled through 2025, so they have time to get something done. But if something isn't done sooner rather than later, so like AKA this offseason, his prices is going to be astronomical. Um, yeah, like I said, if he wasn't a Boris agent or a Boris, Scott Boris wasn't his agent, excuse me, I'd probably feel decently confident about them being able to get something done based off of the things Reynolds has said. But that's always going to be a big issue here. And I will be curious this offseason 
to see if the Pirates do go after extending Reynolds and that does not happen for one reason or another. If they do pivot that back then to potentially trying to lock up Key Brian Hayes where he's coming off of a so-so season offensively to where you might be able to get him locked up for a much cheaper price now than you could say a year or two down the road. Man, you know, that that's so interesting too, because let's say they don't, you know, they don't find a deal with Brian Reynolds. How, how devastating in your opinion is that to this overall rebuild and, you know, the direction of, of truly being in contention year after year? Yeah, I don't know. I think with me with Reynolds, like I said, he's controlled through 2025 and you hope that your window of contention opens by 23. So you're looking at probably three years there. And I think with the Pirates, with this farm system they built up, I would like to think they don't, if they go, say we you get out of the 2024 season and Reynolds is still slated at free agency after 2025, that you don't feel the need to flip him or whatever. Maybe make one last run at it with him as your centerpiece. I mean, definitely, obviously, it's going to suck if they can't get it done because Reynolds has just become one of the best players. Like I said, he's become one of the best players in baseball. Yeah, he he's really so much is. fun to watch at a plate, so much fun to watch in the field. And he's very quickly become a fan favorite in Pittsburgh. But that's baseball. It is what it is. But I just hope that if they if they come out of 2024, and obviously we're talking three years down the road here, that they come out of 2024, don't have a long-term deal with Reynolds, that they don't feel the need to immediately flip him because of this farm system they've built, because of this farm system that's only going to continue to get added to. You know, at that point, and again, this is projecting a lot. So this is probably all going to prove to be nonsense anyway. But at that point, you're probably looking at like a Braylon Bishop being ready for the majors, ready to potentially just replace Reynolds anyway. So I, that that's just what I hope for is if they are contending by 2024. And quite honestly, if they're not, they're probably blowing this thing up again and moving Reynolds anyway. <laughs> but if they are contending in 2024 and going into 25, that if Reynolds isn't locked up, they don't feel the need to move him and just try and keep him for as long as they can. You know, and one thing you kind of mentioned there, Marty, that we saw come out this week was about the Brewers and who was it? Man, I'm blanking. Brewers, Braves. Braves. Right. They made serious offers for Reynolds. And we know some other teams, including the Marlins, were involved. Um, you know, like you said, it'll be interesting to see what the extension talk leads to this offseason. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what that rumor mill turns out this offseason in terms of Brian Reynolds as we saw this past deadline. So, like you said, he's coming off an absolute monster season, um, a season where he can make a lot of financial demands and opposing teams know the situation the Pirates are in. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of rumors, you know, start. But at the end of the day, the primary goal definitely and should be is to lock him up here um, long-term. So they don't get that done. Like you said, um, you know, we're looking at probably some other issues down the road. Um, But yeah. I think it's the the first big test for Bob Nutting to, you know, truly put his money where his mouth is about, you know, investing when it makes sense to. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I will say there too, is if they try to get an extension done with Reynolds and doesn't get done, 
I don't think you can put that solely on Bob Nutting and the Pirates. Again, because he's a Scott Boris guy, Boris has never – he never wants to advise the client of his to take an extension without testing the free agent waters first. Now, this isn't to say that when he has free agency, he might not circle back and resign the Pirates when the time comes, but that's how Boris operates. That's how he's always operates, how he'll always operate. Now – let's say there would be legitimate interest on the part of say a key Brian Hayes at getting something done long-term and they can't get it done. I think you could then that would warrant more blame on the pirates and on nutting than, than Reynolds would. But with Reynolds, I do think that's a little bit of a different situation solely because of who his agent is. Yeah. It's crazy. Scott Boris, you know, really changes the game for a lot of these teams. Um, you know, you've seen it in the past with with the way the Pirates have drafted even certain players, uh, you know, depending on who they see them signing with and who they've signed with um, as far as agents go. But we're going to keep an eye on what happens with that as we get into this offseason. The Pirates, uh, you know, they've had their struggles this season, gentlemen, in the win and loss column. There's been a lot of fun storylines, but the team has certainly struggled on field They're closing it out this week. This is potentially the final time we got to see these Pirates perform at this level uh, in Cincinnati. To close it out, they do have another game as we record here on Wednesday night. One more with Chicago. That one at 6.35 or 5.35, uh, depending on where you are. If you're in Chicago, 6.35 Eastern. And then Cincinnati at home to close it out, a three-game set. What are you guys excited for for this final series and, you know, as we kind of reflect on this 2021 season, uh, you know, how about this last month of baseball for the Pirates? Trying to find ways to get the fans excited. Ronzi Day and everything else. I know Colin O'Neill Cruz would get me excited. <laughs> uh, Wouldn't hurt. <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just more or less excited to see how some of these players can finish, especially um, – you know, Michael Chavis getting him back up here and in the lineup. And, you know, t- tonight he had a kind of a tough game. Um, it made contact a couple times, hit the ball well, um, struck out his first at bat. But, you know, he's a guy that I truly believe you can already kind of see, um, you know, why they are interested in bringing him in. You know, he's kind of already looks like he might be turning a corner uh, compared to what he was doing in Boston more recently. So very excited to see what he can bring these, you know, these last couple games and, you know, really get an idea of, you know, where he might fit into this team in the, in the future. Yeah. Watching Chavis will be something for sure. Um, I do think he's definitely a guy who's probably on the opening day roster next year, rather it's utility man, platooning at first base, whatever it might be. Um, one thing I'll be watching is, you know, right now, as we've said, you're recording the Pirates trail the Cubs three to two in the eighth inning. Um, and right tonight, the Pirates are quietly 17 and 18 in their last 35 games. Um, they're playing some decent baseball coming down the stretch. The only series they've lost dating back to when they got swept during that six game stretch in Chicago to kick off the month was that series in Philadelphia last week, lost three or four. And even before that Chicago series where they swept by both the Cubs and the White Sox, they took two or three from St. Louis, took two or three from Arizona, and split a four-game set with the Cardinals. So dating back to the, the series that started on August 20th, the Pirates have only lost two series since the end of August, and they've split a series. So they've played some really good baseball down the stretch here. It would be nice to see that continue, win this series against the Cubs, 
win the series against the Reds. Maybe, just maybe, get that elusive sweep. Um, they're 0-14 this year. 0-14 when they have the chance to sweep the series, which is truly incredible that a team could go 0-14 when they have a chance to sweep a series. So maybe they'll finally get that series sweep in. Who knows? But I would just like to see them finish season strong. Maybe get the point where they could finish with a 500 record over their last 40 games, whatever it might be. Because I do believe with a young team like the Pirates, that can be more important than you think because it can give them some confidence, give them some some momentum going into the offseason, which can be very big for any young team. And you just really set the tone around the Pirate Complex in the offseason when they get to Bradenton in February and set them up for, obviously, they're, they're not going to contend next year, but set them up to be a team with guys coming up that become kind of one of those pesky teams that you struggle to put away, win 75, 76 games, and then you bounce off of that and be ready to go in 2023 as a potential contender, at least at a club that you expect to be a 500 or better team. And, you know, they won't contend next year, no. But I think next year is the first season you get to watch this team play like, you know, at least close to par. You're not going to see the rundowns between home and first next season. You're going to see so many young guys get up and get their shot, and this team really start to play like a team that is competing, even if they aren't contending at any point next season. But we're going to break it all down for you guys in our next episode, have a 2021 recap, talk about all the fun storylines. There were some great runs this season, some really cool stories too. We're going to get some staff writers on for that one, hopefully, and get the chance to break it down. But until then, guys, go check out their work at rumbunter.com. Marty's work, Nick's work, the rest of our staff writers, getting a lot of great content right now to close out this season. Thank you guys for the support there. And, and go to our Twitter as well. It's just at rumbunter. You can find us there and our podcast, of course, guys on Apple Music, Spotify, Omni.com, and Fansided.com as well. Until next week, guys, let's go Bucks. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.